Welcome to the What's Your Story podcast. Hi, I'm Ron Cogman from Brandon, and I welcome you to join us each week to explore stories in this real changing digital world. Stories from real business leaders, CEOs, and marketers, bringing to life all the topics to help grow your business and your brand. Join us each week, and I look forward to the story and the discussion. All right. So, hi, everybody. This is Ron Coughlin with the What's Your Story podcast. And as you know, this is a, a podcast about people's true and real stories, about stories about personal success brands and also stories about brands. Um, but uh, recently, as you know, uh, we have been through quite a challenging time and a time that uh, has affected all businesses. And uh, I have a really, really, really special guest for us today. His name's Desmond Edwards. Desmond's an old colleague. I used to be his client back in the day. Uh, I worked for an ad agency called BBDO, and he was director of marketing at Dairy Queen. And I used to hear from him like three three or four times a day, getting upset at us for not putting on the right ads. But uh, And the budgets were off, and we were spending too much, or why didn't we do this, or whatever. So I have a bit of a psychological issue interviewing, but it'll be okay. You know, I think I'll get over it. So over time, we maintained our friendship and uh, we followed each other's careers. Uh, we opened Dairy Queens all over Canada together and we used to drive in the mountains and talk to each other and tell stories. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to have you here, Desmond. So welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, good so, to be here. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I didn't mean it. <laughs> that affected my whole career, but that's okay. You know, so... <laughs> so um so we were young then we're a little older now desmond you've gone on so desmond's gone on to be director of marketing at wendy's and he uh, left there and went to the u.s of all places a place that's in a bit of an upheaval today um but uh and he went to work for wendy's uh as a, a vp i think it was regional marketing right that's what you that's what your role yeah. was yeah vp marketing mm -hmm. yeah and then he spent some time there for a while and then he went to uh, down to Florida and uh, beautiful Tampa, uh, yeah. the land of the milk and honey and the ocean and the water and the flowers and everything else. But anyway, so he he joined as the chief marketing officer for Bloomin', Bloomin I can't never say that, Bloomin' Brands and Fishbone Restaurants, I think it was, right, Desmond? Have I got this all right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, was, I went down to the land of milk and honey, as you said, really the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Lightning. So I had my hockey and my football. So life was good. I started off there as being VP of local marketing for Outback. And then from there, um, I did marketing services, which was really doing the in-house advertising, working with the gift card business, doing all the creative um, and then um, they moved me to Bonefish Restaurants, where I was the CMO from there. Um, and then I went to the place that I really enjoyed, which was um, leading the digital resurgence um, for all of Bloomin' Brands. So um, that was the journey that I had there at Bloomin'. It was good. It was interesting. Very good. And now you've, you've gone back to your home country here. Not your home country, I guess, but your adopted yeah. country. Um, yeah. in Canada, because you're not, where are you from originally now? I think you were from the Caribbean, right? Me, yeah. England. Oh, you're from England. I thought you were, always, a, I thought you were the Caribbean, but okay, never mind. I'm a, <laughs> I remember that, actually. No, you talk about it. 
Well, you lost that accent. It's not there. So yeah. <laughs> maybe it comes back here and there. So Yeah, a little bit. So what are you doing now? You work for a company called Nando's, right, in Canada? Yeah, yeah. So um, when we decided that it was time to come home, um, I, we came home, settled in um, Guelph, which is a lovely town, love it here, Absolutely. and then um, started to um, build some contacts and connected with, with Nando's, um, Nando's Peri Peri Chicken, and um, it's been awesome. It's been a great experience, not without its trials and tribulations, mm -hmm. as all brands have gone through um, over the recent while, but it's been good. The people are solid. Their intent is right. Um, and if you have a company and a culture like that, you'll make it through. Yeah. So very happy. So let's 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 talk about this. So it's March first. Now it's March second. Now it's March fifteenth. Wow! Like a lot changed between March first and March fifteenth. And yeah. I've heard in the news that some things have changed in in good old Nando's land. Um, yeah. And so what happened that this new what happened? Obviously, you're in one of the toughest categories, which is the hospitality category. Yeah. And I understand this really kind of hit that category, and I guess you guys weren't left out in the mix there. So why don't you kind of explain to us what happened and the turmoil and the stress around it and what, what happened with your life? You got grayer in the beard, I see, but that's okay. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you do get a little grayer when things like this happen, but... You know, at the end of the day, um, when all of this hit and we had to go to a different model. So we went from having our dining room and an off-premise, which is delivery and takeout, pickup, to simply losing the dining room. Uh, the world changed. And on top of that, people were um, trying to figure out what's safe, what's not safe. And more importantly, we were trying to make sure that we kept our customers as safe as possible. Um, as, as well as our Ndakas, that's our word for our, our team, our crew. And so all of this was swirling around. Um, and, you know, like you and like everyone else that's um, lived through this and is living through this, um, there was such a world of uncertainty. So what we did is we made some bold, necessary moves. One is we closed our dining room, like all the restaurants ended up doing. Um, and we serve just um, through delivery and takeout. And that was an, an important move. But obviously, you do have to lose some staffing with that. And your sales yeah. decline um, from that point of view. So um, like many, many companies and in the um, food business, you are, um, you know, week to week, month to month in terms of being able to make things happen. Some stores are, are awesome and doing well. Some stores you're moving along nicely because you know it's going to build. You know you've got you're in the right location, but it's just not its time yet. Right. Um, sometimes bring for people to move in, and in, in Canada here, you've got a lot of movement in terms of development. So you're waiting for those kind of things. But when this hits, the waiting is over. So this is and, a new. No this is the new normal for you, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, so you know, candidly speaking, we. Um, closed 21 restaurants um, out of this. Um, we have 27 that remain open here in Canada. All of our restaurants in the U.S. remain um, open, so we still have a good fleet in North America. Okay. Um, but what we needed to do is consolidate, consolidate quickly, consolidate smartly, 
so that we give those restaurants a, a really good shot at coming out of this um, and doing really well and taking care of our staff at the same time. Yeah, this isn't light-footed either. Obviously, you had uh, leasing requirements and uh, yeah. uh, things you had to get out of or negotiate. Probably a very, very dis disturbing and distressful time for, for that situation financially, but also for the staff that you guys uh, hire on a, from a restaurant to restaurant. So are you guys a franchise or are you corporately owned? How does this work? Man? Yeah, so we've got 14 franchisees okay. and 13 companies. So it's a very nice balance from that perspective. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we did have to have some difficult conversations with a lot of people. And it's never easy, no. but we did it as um, well as we could. We took care of them. There was generosity. Yeah. Um, we virtually hugged each other where we could. Um, we're helping them find other positions within Nando's or someplace, sometimes other places. And so, you know, they're family, and we wanted to take care of them as best as we could. And so that's what we set out to do. Every move we made, we wanted to consider and think about our Nandakas first. And we feel we did that. We feel we're able to do that. Oh, that's that's great. It's, a, it's not easy doing, and I, you know, it shows strong leadership if you treat them correctly, like it sounds like you did. And what do you call these people again? You just said the Nandakas. Nandakas. Look at that. Hey, you have your own lingo. In, in there, yeah, so. you're in good shape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so thinking about this new normal, and you're in a senior level position. What kind of advice? Would you give somebody in your at a senior level uh, during these times? You know, the first thing I would do, and I know it's easy to coin the phrase um, "new normal." I, I I don't know what that means um, because I truly believe we're still going through this. Um, it hasn't started and stopped, um, and so it's to me the evolution of where we are going, where we're at, versus anything that's. Um, stop started and then there's a newness to it and so what what we're doing is trying to understand where are we today and how do we react and how do we think about that and then start to look at um, the possibilities of tomorrow um, if things go this way what do we do if things go another way what do we do if they go um, you know completely off the rails what do we do so we started contingency planning to help us better understand and think things through. And once we did that, there was a, a, a better sense of calmness because we had a plan. We didn't know exactly which plan we would enact, but we had a plan. And that was yes. one of the uh, most important things that we could do uh, for us ourselves um, as we kind of move through this. You know, I, you, you said something really important. I'm really glad you said that. That is, you, you mapped out a direction for different scenarios. I think that's brilliant. I think that it, it gives you options. Uh, it calms the waters, as you said. Uh, it's it's a direction opposed to some people that I've talked to. They're like, I don't know what we're going to do. Hmm. And when you're you have fear, you can't make good decisions, and you don't necessarily right. make good decisions. You make emotional decisions, right? Now, this is emotional, but yeah. you're able to kind of step away from that, it seems, and really provide uh, direction where you needed to provide. And that's really, I think, really great le leadership. You know? And I commend you. Oh, good. So, Thank you. Yeah. Um, so thinking about a year from now, okay? Mm -hmm. So we're June 2021. 
yeah. and uh, Desmond Edwards is is he sitting at home or is he going to the office or are people coming back in a couple of months? What's kind of like the roadmap for going to the office now and going back to work? And then what's it going to look like in a year? What's this whole thing going to end up looking like and, and becoming either the normal or something, a completely new way of uh, acting and, and communicating and, and doing business? So what do you think is going to happen? Well, from a, a working perspective, I think, um, if you want to call it trends have sped up a little bit, where there was the beginning of a trend of, you know, some people working from home, many, most people working from the office. This has sped that up. Mm-hmm. That has given um, companies the opportunity to experiment with something because they have no choice. Right. They either work from home or they shut their doors completely. And so with that, people have learned how to do this much quicker. There are skeptics who now are believers, and there are believers who are now saying, um, actually, I might prefer balance between working at home and going into the office. And so I think people are going to find their way. You're one of those? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Big time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, And so I I really think there's going to be a a balancing effort. Um, Whereas it might be skewed too far, to everyone works from the office and now it's on the other way. There's going to be a balancing yeah. and different companies are going to find their way and their sweet spot. And I think that's going to be better for work-life balance. I think that's going to be better for productivity. I think you're going to have a better work base because you're going to be able to hire from different places more so than you've ever had before. That's a different so, perspective. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be opportunities that come out of this. Um, and quite honestly, there's some people that love living um, in smaller towns that can do that now. And so um, I, I love the opportunity space that this is creating for us. You know, you said something interesting. So I have a digital marketing company called Branded, and I also teach at college. And actually, we worked together on a special yeah. project, which was awesome at Centennial College this year. Nando's actually came in, and we had the uh, uh, a marketing competition, and they present, you know, they briefed these groups, and they all they come back with solutions to market Nando's. This was pre-pandemic, by the way. Um, yeah. And so it was, quite, it was quite fun and a really good experience for everybody involved. Um, and so, you know, I think at the college level where I teach part-time, uh, we've had to adapt all our courses to an online environment. It works so well in the fall, sorry, in the spring, that in the fall they're saying, okay, let's just convert every course into an online environment. And let's, let's see how that goes. And so we're going to do that because it would be very hard to put 50 people into one small classroom uh, from a social distancing perspective. Right. Uh, very difficult. And so we're not required to go to the college. I just teach from here. And uh, this term I'm teaching only online asynchronistic, which means I don't even do lectures. I just converse when I need to converse. And I'm getting paid, so it's not a bad gig. Not a bad <laughs> gig. <laughs> oh, you you come out of this okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not a bad gig. And you know, uh, people are finding new ways to reinvent themselves. Just in, including myself, who I've reinvented myself with this podcast, which is catching on pretty good. And it's only only due to the fact I have some really great contacts and connections over the years, and so, like people like yourself. So, in terms of this. This uh, new normal, uh, I guess you don't want to call it that. It's an evolving normal, I think you were saying. Um, So this evolving normal. um, So 
when do you think you'll have people coming back to the office or just are you not going to even think about that yet or what is what is that stage look like for you yeah i mean to the earlier point where i was thinking about the future because i'd love to be ahead of things at least plan it out accordingly and so you know we're looking at what does that look like from a safety point of view um when will people be feeling comfortable to come back and then what does come back look like relative to how often they want to come back or, you know, the balance between working from home, working at the office. And so we're looking at those components of it. Um, we're also thinking through, um, you know, historically you've had um, meetings from outside the company coming in. What's our protocols for something like that? Um, what's our protocols for our team going to other companies? And so we want to think about all of that um, ahead of time versus just saying, okay, the doors are open, come on back, and um, bad things happen because we're not fully prepared. And, right. you know, bad things doesn't mean that someone um, catches anything. It could mean that people are just uncomfortable. People feel that we're not treating them right. People feel that we don't care. And all of those things end up manifesting itself in the work environment and lower productivity. So you have to think about that um, and, and then determine how do you really want to go about accomplishing that. So that's where we're at right now, um, giving it some deep thought. But we're not doing it without um, consultation with the team, right? Because um, they're they're going to be impacted. So it's not a we're not doing bubble management. Um, we are actually asking them how do they feel, what are their thoughts, what does this mean to you, what's more important, um, constant surveys so that we can better understand and get their perspective. That's very good. So Mike, that's really great that you're talking about that because you know. This whole idea of command and control leadership is kind of going by the wayside. It's especially true right now. Um, really being able to listen to your employees, act on, you know, getting them to innovate on your behalf. Are you yeah. applying any of those principles to Nando's, to, to the organization? That, to, And then are you being able to apply that in today's new world, in this new normal? Yeah, so one of the things that's really interesting is when this hits, and we all had to make decisions quickly. Um, you were forced to put away the rules that we've lived with for 5, 10, 15, 25 years. Right. And and with that, it was okay to change. And so meeting meetings changed. The way we met changed. Um, how often you met. I mean, I, I have a standing meeting with my team now, and I called the breakfast meeting. And at 8 o'clock, we get on the call. And for the first whatever it takes, we just chat. How are you feeling? What's the impact of this on your life? Um, mm -hmm. What's bothering you? Um, and it's just evolved. We didn't set it up as you need to do this with an agenda. It was just basically we got on a call one day and said, let's chat and just make sure we're connected. And then the next day we said, can we have another breakfast meeting? And the next day, can we have another one? And so now we get we want to talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They want to talk, and, and when you think about it, um, one, we're all social people, and two, it was the great unknown, and so connecting and having um, the ability to over-communicate is so critical. Yeah, this, and, I think you're doing a very good thing, because the mental health of people during this time, uh, you know, people think they're strong and they can get through this thing, but they don't really realize it until their life changes so dramatically. And, yeah. and it can be a real challenge for some. Right? So. Yeah. And Ron, the thing I would um, really encourage people to do is 
is listen for the signs. When you're on the phone with them or or however you communicate, listen for the signs because they're going to tell you things. It's just a matter of how do you listen. And so, um, you know, when someone says, you know, I'm getting a little tired, um, you go, yeah, me too. Okay, that's one way to approach it. You get, Or if they say, I'm getting a little tired, you say, do you need time off? No, I'm too busy. Then you say, you know what? You need to take this Friday off. And the permission that they get from that, not that they need it, but because they feel like they have to because there's such an extraordinary time, they don't want to raise their hand as easily as they would have in the past. And so it's up to us as managers and leaders is to hear our team and listen to them and then give them the safe opportunity to do the things they need to do for their own well-being. I think you're absolutely right. Like I, I can, I can take that as a lesson too. I know that I have two new staff and we're, we're plogging away to get some campaigns going because we have some clients that are restarting into the marketplace. So we're buying ads and uh, get digital ads and social media programs. And uh, one day, today, one of my employees said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just getting overwhelmed." Right. So that's a sign. And so yeah. I'm going to reach out to her and I thank you for reminding me that because it's a really great point. To say, hey, are you okay? You know, you're you're new. You've started on. You're learning as you're going. We we we. It's like, it's like full speed forward. I'll go forward now with everything, and and we have to get everything on the air. It's all it's all a panic because the client. This uh, this is one client I have uh, is seventy five percent down. Wow. They've had to do similar to what you're doing. They've had to lay people off. They're they're collecting to serve. They're um, and they're just starting to get out of it, right? And now mm. they're like, we've got to push before we get out of it so that when we get out of it, we're ready and we're going to be full and busy and everything yeah. else. So uh, it's a kind of a stressful time. I have another client that um, they distribute product, and the only place they distribute it, actually it's two places, but the, is through festivals, uh, like like the, like the one-of-a-kind show or the, oh, wow. uh, or yeah. the uh, C&E or uh, all canceled. So they've got two to three hundred thousand dollars of products sitting in a warehouse, waiting waiting to get out. This is uh, Tracy's wine jellies. I'm going to have Tracy on uh, one of the podcasts to see what they've gone through. So they've, with our help, have tr- converted everything to an e-commerce platform, an e-commerce and digital, which they would they have never done before. It's all new to them. Mm-hmm. Like Tracy's, yeah. uh, she's not in her young thirties. She doesn't she doesn't hardly do any of this stuff, right? So it's. Uh, been a very tough time and change for them and and but you know, you know all two of them they've gone forward and they are doing it so uh, very positive right, good for them yeah so i want to ask you about one other thing we only got a little bit of time left here but um that is right now in the u.s and you may be seeing this in some of your restaurants uh we've got upheaval right we've had everybody cocooned into their own locations for three months, now we have a situation where uh, a very disturbing thing happened last week, George Floyd. And I bring this up to you because it's probably very deep in your heart and affects you as a, an Afro-Canadian and, and a, a good friend of mine. And I thought about you and what your perspective. And I have a theory that being cocooned was kind of a fuse that that, got, that lit this up mm. afterwards, but mm. these problems were just festering over time. And I just wondered if you had a perspective on that. Uh, um, it's 
It's a hard one. Year, for you, I know. Year. Yeah, I mean, the um, social injustice has been happening for years. Absolutely. And, um, you know, if you just look at statistics, which I won't quote any, yeah. but I encourage people to go look at statistics, you'll see um, the inordinate amount of um, arrests, jailing, and all of that relative to um, African Americans, black people. And so it's been going on for years. This, the thing, Ron, that's really important is that, um, you know, I grew up with this thought about you need to be careful of what you do. You need to be careful where you go. You need to be careful of what you say. Um, and you always need to um, be thoughtful and protective of yourself. You're taught that, and so then you teach your children that. Um, that's and sad, you're also that's actually a sad, right? From my perspective, that's sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and when you're growing up, it's just part of, okay, you want to survive. This is what you need. And so this has been bubbling up for for years, um, you know, I'm dismayed at um, what happened, obviously. I'm dismayed at the destruction, but I understand what people are feeling, and I understand the frustration and sometimes the hopelessness that comes with years of frustration. And so you know, I do hope that, you know, there's not an immediate resolution um, for people to sit down and, and talk. That's been happening for decades mm -hmm. and so there needs to be something that's that's um a lot more systemic in this change and an attitude what gives me great hope is when, when you're watching a protest it is not simply um just black people protesting yes. you've got black people protesting with white people protesting along with them right and even though they um will often say we don't fully understand uh, what they do have is they have a full appreciation um, for what it must be like to go through and they want to stand hand in hand. Um, and so that gives you hope. That continues to give you hope. And yeah, are there some awful evil things going on? Absolutely. And would, um, you know, would you all like for that thought? Yes. Will it? No. But can we have more people on the side of justice, more people on the side of let's treat everyone um, you know, better. Let's give black lives a chance. Right. And if you get all of that, then there's hope. And what I want is hope for my my kids, which yeah. are in their mid twenties. Are they, are they in the U.S. or right here? here? One's in New York, yeah. um, and one's here. And so they're the ones that are writing the, um, and talking to their friends on Facebook and everywhere else. You know, nightly. Um, they're the ones having the great debates. They're the ones that um, are having people reach out to them saying, I didn't realize that this is what you've been living through and going uh, through your whole life. Um, and so when you start to have those kind of um, debates and dialogues, you start to feel a degree of hope. But it's hard, Ron. It's, it's very hard to watch and see. And the, the sad thing is, um, you know, others will have um, bad experiences before it starts to get better. Right. But you still need to continue and you still can't give up on hope. Yeah, and I think um, it's distressing for me. It's very distressing. I mean, I thought about it. I thought if I was George Floyd, okay, a, a white privileged Canadian growing up in a great community, my grade six class, I didn't have anybody of any ethnic diversity, 
no one, no one from a different religion, no one with a different racial background, or no one with a different skin color, right? Um, I went to high school, and again, just very limited exposure to that, except for I was a track and field athlete, so I was exposed to some great, great guys I got to know daily training with them, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, if I was George Floyd, uh, this tall, white, used to have some blonde hair guy, and they pulled me over and said, "Hey, Ron, uh, you 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 it looks like you've done some um, fraud." I doubt very much I would be on the ground with someone's knee on my neck. Hmm. That is true. And that really, really upset me the other day. So I just wanted yeah. to just express that to you, and just to say, yeah, I agree. And I think it's a it's just a travesty. I think it's part of this whole this what's happening with everybody inside as well. It's just made everybody come out. And I think that's going to hurt us more from a, from a COVID perspective too, which is too bad. You know, it's, it's a result yeah. of it and there's nothing we can do. And I can't blame them for doing what they're doing, but I think it will hurt us more because people, you know, people are going to be congregating so closely together. And everything else. It's, it's been quite a year and we're not even halfway through it. Yet. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so listen, I'd like to thank you for a very thoughtful discussion. Uh, I may invite you back again. We always have a good laugh and a good story and uh, yeah. we can talk more on how this evolves and how your company's evolving. And I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of your advice and, and wisdom, your, your, your gray haired beard wisdom, uh, Desmond. So, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I want to thank you so much. And this is the uh, What's Your Story podcast with Ron Coughlin. It can be found on Spotify, Google Podcasts, as well as public radio and on iTunes. And thanks again, Desmond. You have a great day. Until next time, we'll see you later. All right. Talk to you soon, Rob. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.